A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so, your light must shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Last Sunday, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them. Notice who is there on the mountain. First, there are the crowds who are listening in. Jesus is speaking directly to the disciples who are gathered around him. And finally, All of us are hearing this Sermon on the Mount. The sermon continues, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It is a direct second-person address. The English language, however, doesn't have a second-person plural, so we tend to hear this individually. Matt is the salt of the earth. Amy is the light of the world. But Jesus is not speaking to individuals. As my northern-born cousins, who now live in Atlanta, would say, y'all, or the more emphatic, all y'all. All y'all are the salt of the earth. All y'all are the light of the world. Only all y'all can be a city on a hill. We hear this same kind of language in the familiar parable about the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. The parable begins, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him. Jesus is telling us how we as a people, all the nations, will be judged. The prophet Isaiah is making the same point. In today's first reading, the prophet is addressing the whole nation of Israel. I'm paraphrasing here. All y'all are disappointed because God doesn't seem to notice your religious practices and your fasting. Isaiah, speaking for God, says, All y'all think that by going to church you are showing your love for me, but you are serving your own interests, ignoring the interests of others around you. The Irish mystic and poet John O'Donohue reminds us, To be human is to belong. Belonging is a circle that embraces everything. If we reject it, we damage our nature. The word belonging holds together 
two fundamental aspects of life, being and longing. God, through Isaiah, addresses the community. Is this not the fast that I choose? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? Clothe the naked when you see them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. That's a wonderful line. The Lord shall be your rear guard. God says, if you do these things, I've got your back. The kingdom of God is joined with you, but it's not really about you. As Sally McFaig famously said, if God is absent from this world, it is because we are. When we live out our vocation of being God's righteousness and blessing in the world, we become radiant. People recognize the source of that light and give glory to our Father in heaven. In the ancient world, salt was vitally necessary for everyday life. But salt is not for itself. It is seasoning for food. In the same way, the disciples are there not for themselves, but for the earth. The disciples, therefore, are vitally significant and necessary to the world in their witness to God and the kingdom of heaven. The earth is the place where the community of the Sermon on the Mount lives. Salt of the earth means that faithful disciples must get involved with this earth and this life. They are to regard themselves as a most important ingredient of this life. The testimony of Aristides, a second-century philosopher, reveals how well the early Christian community reflected the light of Christ by the witness of their lives. Writing to the Emperor Hadrian in defense of the Christians, Aristides writes, Christians love one another. They never fail to help widows. They save orphans from those who would hurt them. If one member of the community has something, he freely gives to those who have nothing. If they see a stranger, Christians take them home, as though they were their own brother. In his apostolic exhortation, The Joy of the Gospel, Pope Francis teaches, The church which goes forth is a community of missionary disciples who take the first step who are involved and supportive, who bear fruit and rejoice. An evangelizing community knows that the Lord has taken the initiative. He has loved us first, and therefore we can move forward boldly taking the initiative. Go out to others. Seek those who have fallen away. Stand at the crossroads and welcome the outcast. Such a community has an endless desire to show mercy 
the fruit of its own experience of the power of the Father's infinite mercy. An evangelizing community gets involved by word and deed in people's daily lives. It bridges distances. It's willing to abase itself if necessary, and it embraces human life, touching the suffering flesh of Christ in others. In his book, Tattoos on the Heart, Jesuit Father Greg Boyle writes, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. I like even more what Jesus doesn't say. He does not say, one day, if you are more perfect and try really hard, you'll be light. He doesn't say, if you play by the rules, cross your T's and dot your I's, then maybe you'll become light. No, he says straight out, you are light. It is the truth of who we are, waiting only for us to discover it.